Who the neighbors? Who? Trapaholics, man. Who? Who? Trapaholics. Who? My mansion sitting on 40 acres. Who the neighbors? Who? Kobe Bryant from the Lakers. Now that's paper. Who? Kobe Bryant from the Lakers. Now that's paper. Who? Kobe Bryant from the Lakers. Now that's paper. Who? My mansion sitting on 40 acres. Who the neighbors? Who? Kobe Bryant from the Lakers. Now that's paper. Who? Kobe Bryant from the Lakers. Now that's paper. Who? Kobe Bryant from the Lakers. Now that's paper. Big cribs, lot of cars, but Norman is prices. I ain't gonna tell you what I spent, but my plug might. Get money, get pussy, smoking weed forever. Rub that money in my palms, cause it grease better. Real Old real estate came with a lot of zero. Sold to a lot of people. Over 30 million sold, that's a lot of people. Now I got a big crib that fit a lot of people. My mansion sitting on 40 acres. Who the neighbors? Kobe Bryant from the Lakers. Now that's paper. Kobe Bryant from the Lakers. Now that's paper. Kobe Bryant from the Lakers. Now that's paper. My mansion sitting on 40 acres. Hello and welcome to the Best Friends Fancast. We are an Allison Rosen fan podcast. I am your host, Rafael Marquez Castaneda, and your other host, Lisa, is stopping the steal. But to make up for the fact that we are down a host, I made sure to get a great guest. Welcome back to the show and back to California, Megan Parkansky. Hello, Allison people. How are you? I, for one, am doing just fine because you brought me something from Wisconsin that is called Packerland Pilsner. And I will crack that open right. Straight from Titletown. BB. Now. Megan, the people are dying to know how have you been? How was your trip? Literally anything you want to tell us, including what went down in North Car- North Carolina, North Dakota. South, South Dakota. Dakota. He's in South, South Dakota. South Dakota. Oh my gosh, so many things. I'm going to sum it up as quickly as possible. I went to Wisconsin for a month. We drove there. It was a five-day drive there and a five-day drive back. The beer that... Rafi is drinking is from Titletown itself and that probably means nothing to nobody that's listening except for a couple people but um, basically around Lambeau Field which is more or less heaven on earth um, they have a bunch of land around it that's like Packer themed shit and uh, just a place for Packer fans and the like of the community to have fun and to ice skate and to go tubing and they also have a brewery there called hinterland brewery and i brought back some beer for lisa and rafi and dropped some off at lee brun's house driving through south dakota on the way back and uh i met lee bruns in person and when i meet allison people in person i always have an idea of how what freak them out that's for you to tell me but i i i'm just like who is this person just like not knowing if who you know over the podcast is going to be the same person as you know when you meet 
them in person and Lee Bruns that fucking his vibe, the energy he brings, the interests he has, everything about Lee that you've heard on the podcast or the via the tweets or whatever. Lee Bruns is Lee Bruns is Lee Bruns. And I was so excited to meet him. And we went a little bit out of our way to to see him driving through South Dakota uh, on our way back from Wisconsin to California. And it was something I really looked forward to and was so happy that I think I'm the first Allison person to meet Lee Bruns in the flesh, in his garage, amongst all of his machineries and uh, motorcycles and and mopeds and it was super cool and i was stoked about that that's great i yeah i do think that you're the first i feel like someone else met him first but for sure uh for sure i know that you met him so in my mind you're the first to meet him um he said that i think ulysses was gonna be around and either did i can't remember if he said he did meet him briefly or if he was going to but uh so you are the first to meet I think them. I'm the, I think I'm the first. Wow. That's amazing. Um hopefully someday Lee will just up and leave his family and come to an Allison thing when we can have those again. Yeah. But I hope so. um yeah. Yeah, Lee is awesome. I have been a big fan of Lee from afar and I'm I was a big fan in person. He gave us vodka and spaghetti sauce and we gave him beer. And I think the common thread between all Allison people is we love to give each other gifts, which is Did pretty, he... pretty cool. And so he gave me some vodka and spaghetti sauce. I gave him beer. It was some classic Allison people stuff. It was, it was awesome. I love you. Lee. I loved seeing your garage and you got to meet Chloe and you got to meet Jess. And that was, uh, yeah. One of the highlights of our trip, even though South Dakota in general sucks and I'm sorry, but <laughs> The rest of the trip outside of Mount Rushmore was pretty bleak, but I love you. That is wonderful to hear, Megan. Any other news that you think we should be aware of? I don't know what you mean. Okay. That's, uh... Chloe passed away. (laughs) My My dog, Chloe, passed away. And I want to acknowledge all of the Allison people who reached out about about that um can i do my shout outs now i feel like that seamlessly transitions sure. i don't mean to take over the show i know it's it's your show Rafi. i respect you go for it but i have some specific shout outs obviously shout out to everybody who texted me and who posted on social media and sent me dms and all that stuff um but trice the sweetest sweetheart of all the sweethearts Number one, he sent me a Christmas card and it got lost in the mail. And I was so bummed about that because apparently it was some special like postcard type thing that was art of one of his friends. Uh, So his very thoughtful Christmas card got lost somewhere. But also when I told him about what happened, he um, sent me like a Grubhub gift card. Because we all know when we grieve, we don't feel like getting into the kitchen and getting to cooking. So that was super sweet of him, and I appreciated that so much. Um, And so again, shout out to everybody. Lauren, I got your pictures. 
I don't know if you mentioned those already, but we got some prints of Allison-related events, and I love them, and seeing those actually inspired me and made me realize how much I miss, like, printed pictures. So I joined this subscription app thing, Groovebook, if you've guys heard of it, um, and I went through my phone and selected the billions of Chloe pictures that I have to get put in this book. So next month I have a hundred Chloe pictures um, coming and and Chloe was part of the Allison People group. I had so many pictures like one I sent to Lauren was of her like passed out with her arm around Chloe at one of the Allison events and one of Trice like hanging out with Chloe like I think everyone in the Allison verse has that comes to events like that has had interaction with Chloe and she was a special pup and you know all all of those pictures too from the last meetup she was wearing Becky's you know uh, the snuggle is real the pet shirt that that she made for her so um yeah thanks for all of y'all uh embracing her as part of the family uh and shout out to lisa i got your christmas card on my kitchen breakfast bar table area thank you so much um and for your general awesomeness thank you i played the part of the podcast for my mom where she left her voicemail and she thought it was very sweet to hear Lisa's reaction and Rafi's reaction and she appreciated that. Amen. Is that all your shout outs? That's what amen means. Oh, I'm not a religious man. Uh, yeah, shout out to Trice. He also sent me a postcard of his friend's art. It's a parrot and it says, um, it's right there. I could grab it. But you know what? It's better if I leave it mysterious because I might send it to one of you out there. Um, also, yes, shout out to Lauren. And, um, uh, oh, it was Scotty Scott's birthday yesterday. My cyber bully turned blah, 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 years old. And uh, happy birthday, Scotty boy. Happy birthday, Scotty boy. Um, I think that's all of my shout outs. I do have a call out to myself because I said last week I was going to put three songs in the episode because Tim Hortez complained about only getting one the previous episode. And I forgot what the second song I was going to use was. And I had to resort to just adding a Stevie Wonder song at the end of the song's uh, of the last song at the end of the show because I forgot what it was, but I remembered afterwards. And uh, now I'm going to probably put it in this episode. So yeah, call out to me. We are going to be talking about the Monday episode with Ralph Garman and the Thursday episode where the old Thursday gang is back on uh, Monday. She had Ralph Garman. I do not care for this fellow. I don't know who he is. Uh, apparently he was on Kevin and Bean. I know this is his second appearance. And now that Kevin and Bean is over, she uh, wanted to get his thoughts. And I don't remember what they were. <laughs> Megan, do you care about Ralph Garman? 
I liked this episode. Okay. I don't remember his first episode. But I liked that they talked for the majority of the time about real shit. Like, for the most part of the interview, he just seemed like a pretty level-headed guy that was talking about his life versus, you know, what is your comedy career? How did you get started? What stuff were you in? Blah, 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 blah. So I liked that he talked about the divorce and how he handled it. Um... But I, yeah, I, I wish I could remember. Number one, he was an actor and the name sounds familiar. I don't know if he only sounds, and I didn't, I'm not in like the Kevin and Bean, like, you know, loop, like I'm not in a loop on them at all. So I feel like I either heard of him only from Allison's podcast or from acting stuff that he did, but I did not look up what he was in. Did you look it up? No, but I do know that I watched the Joe Schmo show, which he was the smarmy host. And that was like a game show where I think the sh if it's the show I'm thinking of, it's it was like a regular dude who was on a fake reality show. Yeah. But the whole cast was in on, in they on were it. actors. Oh, yeah, I watched it. Allison's obsessed with that show. It was I a great show. I remember watching it. Was a great it was show. great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to look him up just to see what he was in, if it matters still. I don't know. I'm looking it up anyways. Oh, yeah. Best known for the host of the Joe Schmo Show and for his voice work on the Fox animated series Family Guy. Who did he play on Family Guy? Former roommate Adam Carolla. Yes, that's what they talked about on the previous episode. I remember that. Whatever. I knew his name. I liked this episode. Oddly, until they started getting into, like business showy stuff i was like i kind of just liked hearing his thoughts on being a human being going through a divorce yeah um they they talked about how like his career stuff is going now with like corona and stuff and he said nothing has changed for him mm. yeah that makes sense like all all these podcasters like they're already something you could do from home as far as his divorce stuff yeah it seems like they're doing it all kind of the right way like they seem like very mature adults except for he well he did say he had to sell the old house and buy two new houses mm. <laughs> um but it seems like him and his wife have a ex-wife have a decent relationship yeah and they're still working together yeah what do you remember when gwyneth paltrow and chris martin got a divorce and for some reason it became a big oh, deal that she uncoupling? conscious uncoupling uh -huh. why did she get so much shit for that i when i think about that i'm like that maybe is like a i don't know like a elitist way of putting it but i it, think that's it what... kind of is a good description of what you would have to do because you need to not you need to be selfless in the act of doing it right and that requires a lot of just being conscious of other people's feelings in your family i think that's why they made fun of them. Just the name. Is because they call it conscious, conscious uncoupling. As opposed yeah. to like, you know, amicable, yeah. whatever. Um, it's like if you were a cashier at McDonald's and you're like, yes, I handle financial transactions for a multi-billion dollar corporation. Uh, it's like the same thing. But it's just, you know, people making jokes about other people's lives. They were talking about how Kim Kardashian... Uh, was talking about a guy she was trying to save from being executed. This part kind of rubbed me the wrong way because he said, like, yeah, but she's getting, like, some reflected glory from it. Sure, 
it's like there's actually a fucking friends episode where it's like you there's no selfless act because whatever you're doing like makes you feel good in some way or whatever it's like so now even if she did something good like if she had gotten that guy off of death row to not be executed like well fuck her because now she feels good about herself it's like come on ralph garman if you save someone's life i mean yeah deserve some glory i guess I don't know. It, it rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know if that did for anyone else. It didn't catch me off guard as much as it did you, but I have you seen her interview on uh, David Letterman's My Next Guest is? No, I have not. I saw the Kanye one. It's a pretty good interview. And as much as I don't, as I think it is disturbing how like popular she is, I, I think that n- now that in recent years she has been trying to do something good, like, I think, I don't know, to a certain extent, depending on, like, how the person postures or behaves while they're doing the good thing and how they're coming off about it, like, if in the end you're getting someone off a death row, like, but you had somewhat selfish motivation to do it or if you were just trying to to do good things and therefore you're feeling good about it i don't know like someone's not dying and that's probably the the greater good that we should be focus on focusing on so yeah yeah you're right i i wasn't i didn't narrow in on that like you did but i agree with you it's more of just a focus than on tearing her down rather than really Yeah, you know, just taking her for what she's doing right now. It's not like she can change at this point that she was a reality star purely for like the past 15 years or whatever it's been. So what she's doing now matters. Uh, They talked about some uh, heavy-ish subjects. Uh, They talked about how he had uh, twin children and one passed away very early. I don't know. That's a uh, difficult. I know what that feels like. Yeah. No, I don't. Well, that sounds awful. <laughs> okay. Um, but it seems like his um, his daughter is maybe mature for her age. He said that they talked to the daughter about their divorce, and the daughter was like, uh, "Yeah, it seems about right." They're that she could tell like they're happier when they're doing their their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember if he said how old she was. I feel like. Ten, Ten maybe. rings a bell, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a shocking maturity for a child. Yeah. That makes me I wonder... Guess. And, or also just being, a, like, I guess what was going on between them was more obvious than they thought it was. That's what I was going <laughs> to say. That makes me wonder, what did this kid see that they were not, you know, taken completely by surprise yeah. at what happened? Yeah. Um. But, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like there are times where you think, you know, nobody knows what's going on and every, everyone is like, it's painfully obvious what is going on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but it seems like everything's working out well for them. They still work together and it's not weird for them, it seems like. Uh, one of the Patreon perks for his uh, Garmin, Garmin, I meant his Garmi, uh, is virtual cocktail parties. 
Um, Megan, you never show up to Allison's Zoom parties. This is what do you think? You're better than us. This is not true. I I showed up. You were at like one, and you were at the beach. You were skating around. Yeah, I know. My friend Amber came from Phoenix for the weekend, so I prioritized that. We were supposed to meet her at the beach, and she did not show up. And then I was like, I know what's happening in Allison's Zoom party. But I probably could have made the last one. I don't remember what was going on. I know I was in Wisconsin, and, and I, I don't know if I was doing something or if I could have made the time, but at the time I was just like, I want like the freedom to do what I want and not have it be dictated by the Zoom party, even though I wish I was there because I heard that Becky's friend was there. Becky's friend, Sonia. You can go back and watch it on Patreon. Yeah, I should go back Patreon. and watch it. Um, I was sad I missed it after that because that would have yeah, been really cool. It was a good time. But if it, what if it was the day that they were playing, the, the Packers were playing the Bears? Maybe not. It might have been. I, I don't, don't know. know. Um, anyway. Ba, 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 ba. Oh, my God. Shout out to Rafi. He got me a cameo from John Kuhn for Christmas. And maybe two people who are listening know who John Kuhn is, but he played for the Packers. Um, during the era when they won the Super Bowl. And he was someone that we greatly depended on uh, just being a big guy and maybe never expected huge runs from him, like Aaron Jones right now. But, like, the dude will absolutely drive it at least, like, four to six yards forward, and you can depend on him for that literally every time. And he sent me a really long message, and he said my name a lot of times. (laughs) And Rafi gave him so much information that it felt very personal. And shout out to Rafi. Good Christmas present. Yes, I'm the best. The Speaking best. of being the best, um, that doesn't segue into this at all. They talked about how going to concerts, Allison was saying, like, most of the times it, wouldn't even, it would not even be for the band. It would just be, like, to hang out with your friends. And for some reason, when she was talking about this, it, like, really made me miss going out and hanging out with people. Because, like, I think I was, like, thinking about, like, say, In This Together Fest, when it was, like, me and uh, Lisa were hanging out. And, like, I didn't know what was going on on the stage half the time. I was just, like, I'm here having a good time. Like, it's like that at um, the podcast fests. Uh, what is it called? Uh, Sketch Fest and the other oh, one. Oh, yeah. LA Pod Fest. It was just like, we're having such a good time with other people. Like, we don't care what's going on around us. We're just happy to be with our friends. And it made me miss that. I thought two things. One was the exact opposite of what you just said. <laughs> and two was she, in true Allison form, she was probably thinking about her fan base and maybe us for whatever reason we crossed her mind. And she was thinking about this, thinking like, sadly potentially like we're just hanging out and not really caring like about her who's yeah metaphorically on stage i'm like oh that's sad that she thinks that like i think that we all would remain friends if the podcast went away but it's i definitely would be fucking listening if i wasn't you know besties with all the allison people too i am probably partly to blame because i fell asleep during that fucking schmanners show how dare you um but to be fair, that was not an Allison show. She was just a guest. She was. And to be fair, you fall asleep anywhere. That's the thing. Here's the thing. You guys always give me shit about falling asleep 
and aside from like the depression and drugs and drinking part of that also what if i just had narcolepsy and you guys are making fun of my disability i don't just tell people you have narcolepsy we would give you so much compassion (laughs) just give it a name that's false valor i can't do that stolen valor do you know you don't have narcolepsy i don't i i Next time I fall asleep when someone gives me shit for it, I'm going to be like, I potentially could have narcolepsy. How dare you? I have a condition. It is pretty funny, though. And until you do say you have narcolepsy, we're going to continue to make fun of you for it. So, you know, Whitney. Should we get off the pot with your. Whitney says that she's the queen of naps. Like, I am definitely the jester of naps because I fucking am sleepy all the goddamn time. Mm. And it's, it's kind of concerning, actually. Mm. Oh. Um, okay. <laughs> towards did you but did you think that too yeah yeah for yeah. sure but it it just made me miss the actual events but i can see where she's coming from hmm. i also like i said i disagreed with you about what you said i've i've i can't remember a single time i've went to a show and have it not be about who i'm seeing oh. it might have been a little like with the her background being from Orange County, where she could just go see No Doubt on a Friday night in some bar, maybe she's coming from a different place. But like in Wisconsin, if I was going to go to Milwaukee to see Dashboard Confessional or The Used or so, whoever I'm going there to see, mostly The Used, probably, um, I'm going to see them. I'm not. And if someone talks to me during the show, I'm going to hate them. <laughs> yeah, you are weird. Do you go to JK, sh- no, I, I know what you... I think there are two types of people, though. I think it's like us who it's like, if I'm going to go hang around a thousand people and be shoulder to shoulder, bunch of sweaty dudes, like, I want it to be for a good reason. A reason. But I feel like there are also people who are like, yeah, it's like a scene to them. And they're just like, yeah, I'm going to have some drinks and, you know, hit on some mm. underage girls and fucking smoke some cigarettes yeah. in the bathroom. And she used to get a lot of free entry into concerts because of her job mm-hmm. so that probably shaped part of that in her mind too just like whatever there's this show i can get in for free i'm gonna go kind of oh yeah and since it was her job she probably was like going to a bunch of shows she didn't she didn't want to be at but had to write about mm. so yeah i think it's different for her but i think the majority of us are going to see allison we're not like yeah i just i feel bummed if that's what she it sounds like that's what she actually thinks which bums me out. Well, she's just wrong. Yeah, wrong. That's what Daniel says, at least. He did some impressions of uh, Batboy characters or some shit. I don't know what the fuck. I, d- I don't know his work. Uh, so like you, I was just like, oh, he can do some voices. That's fun. His Scooby impression was good. Oh, yeah. I forgot his, about that. His uh, dude that hangs out with Scooby impression. Shaggy. Wasn't... <laughs> Shaggy. Shaggy wasn't great. With Scooby. a dude. He doesn't hang Scooby. out with Shaggy or with a Scooby. Scooby is his dog. It's <laughs> they the hang out a way, lot. It's the other way around, though. <laughs> if I had an owner, it's like, hey, why are you always hanging out with that dude? It's like, he fucking owns me. <laughs> Where else am I going to go? He houses me and feeds me <laughs> large sandwiches and weed, probably, because he's always high. Um, <laughs> Scooby, Doobie-doo. right on target. Shaggy wasn't quite there for me. Jeez, Scoob. Um, they did a bunch of JMOs, but um, we're saving. You can do impressions. Oh, you know what? Do okay. one of your do do your uh fucking Jackie Mike Michelle Johnson. Uh, first of all, so we're wearing masks because we're being safe. We're indoors in my apartment, so I'm I'm 
already sounding weird. Like my nose is pressed down and whatnot. Uh, I'm not going to do an impression because I don't do them when people tell me to. Like people tell me all the time and I'm like, I'm not your puppet. Fine. I don't want it. you to do it. Good. Because I'm not. The, I okay, really, I had, really don't want you to. I had a funny if interaction. If you don't do it, I'm going to love that. <laughs> I worked at, when I was working at Walmart overnights. I did an impression of someone. And this guy that I worked with, he goes, oh, you do impressions? And I was like, what? Uh, no. Like, I don't know why it was fucking hilarious to me. They said, oh, like, he was like excited. He was like, oh, you do impressions. And I was just like, I'm not doing impressions, man. I'm just talking. Doing an impression. I was doing an impression <laughs> of someone, but I, I don't. I don't think of it like I do impressions. I just right like you're standing reason, in front of the mirror, being like, right. "Okay, this is this yes. person." <laughs> like I'm not like working like, "Hey, I'm walking here" or whatever the fuck. I just hear something that I think is funny, and in my head, I try to see if I can imitate it. And then people are like, "Oh, you're doing an impression of whatever." But I'm not. To me, it's not an impression. I'm just repeating something I think is funny. So when you did your Jackie Johnson impression on the show, had you practiced that at all or was it on the cuff? I think probably because I remember she said something. What did she say? Something about honey. Yeah, something. whatever <laughs> it is. I, I know whenever I hear her say something... I do repeat stuff a lot, like if I'm alone in the car or whatever at work, if I hear something funny, so I'm sure I probably heard her say it and I probably repeated it, but it's not like I, again, it's not like I was working on it. I just repeat right. it because I hear something I like and for whatever reason, I repeat it a lot. Um, yeah. So what I'm saying is I could hone this into an impression act that I'm going to take on the road, but I'm not going to do that because I'd be a fucking weirdo. And COVID. Like you gotta, you gotta wait until COVID's over. I could be the road. next Phil Caliendo. You could be the next Phil Caliendo. <laughs> You're like, who's Phil Caliendo? But he had his own TV show of doing impressions. Oh my God. He does John Madden. Oh my God. Probably other voices. He, he does a John Madden impression. That's he, so I know cool. you know who he is because they had him on like NFL pregame shows and he'd be like, hey, I'm John Madden, blah, blah, blah. Does he, is he still on the program shows or not? This was like probably like 10 years ago. Oh. But still. Anyway, I'm sure you know who he is. People out there, I know you won't, Lee. You refuse to give me a Jackie Johnson honey. You won't do it. That's the thing. When people tell me to do it, I, it's going to come out horrible. I'm not telling you. I'm asking you. Same thing. Will when, you not do when it? When someone says do this on command is when I suck. I'm not good under pressure. The reason it came out that time so good is because it was off the cuff just coming out of my butt. Okay. Out of nowhere. Um, they did a lot of JMOs, but we're going to save those to the end, of course, which means, oh shit, it's not time for Thursday. It's time. Where's, it's time <gasps> for Childish Chat. Oh, by the way, fuck Greg. Fuck I'm blaming him. him because they skipped last week and then come back this week, which means Whitney C's cues has to get pushed until next week oh my because God. we have to do Lauren K's childish chat. Greg. Greg, you dumb, lazy piece of shit. How about don't take holidays off? Wow, Greg. And, but on that note, we get to hear the lovely uh, Lauren. Here we go. Some of us listen for Allison. Some people listen for Allison and Greg. Some people don't listen at all. And I can understand that, so I will 
Hi, Lisa. Hi, Rafi. Hi, friends. This is LK with some childish chat. Happy birthday, Scotty Scott. So this is the first episode of 2021 um, and on YouTube. And um, so Greg was talking about how his dad was the voice of Showtime in like the 80s and 90s and asked Allison to guess how much money he made from doing that. He said he, that he would just like go into the city and uh, be in the recording studio for like three to four hours on like a Thursday. He didn't say how often. I'm guessing it's every week. Um, and then Allison was scared of doing the guess because she said uh, how she used to do that on Adam Carolla and she would sometimes go, you know, guess too high when she was supposed to guess lower, you know, and make it not as impressive. So I felt bad for her that she still kind of has that, you know, that, that second guessing fear kind of in her mind. Um, but it, he said he made like, he made $400,000 a year for that. And it's like, oh my God, like you don't have to do anything else. <laughs> like that would be so amazing. Um, and then he said his mom worked for the New York Times for arts and leisure. And so they would get free tickets all the time. So sounds like they were pretty set. His dad making lots of money and his mom with, you know, free tickets to, to do cool stuff. Their predictions from last year, um, they said uh, for the Democrat uh, nominee, Allison said Elizabeth Warren, uh, Greg said Joe Biden, so Greg was correct. General election, Allison and Greg both uh, said Democrat, uh, so they were both correct. Will Greg be staffed on a Writers Guild job? Um, Allison and Greg both said yes for that, and they were both wrong. Um, when will Owen walk? Uh, Greg said January. Allison said February. I didn't write down who was right. <laughs> what month will Elliot be fully potty trained? Um, Greg said April. Allison said March. And uh, no, they're both wrong. Elliot is potty training now. How many live shows in 2020? Uh, they both said five and they're both wrong. Um, and then they were talking about how Jessica Kirsten was supposed to be the Sketchfest guest, and um, it ended up being Robert Paul, like, as a last-minute switch, um, and saying, like, how crazy that was. Um, oh, more predictions, sorry. Is Allison going to finally add video component to ARIYMBF? Um, yes and yes, and both correct. Will Greg add video? Uh, they said no. I think they both said no, or they might have said maybe, and then yes, he did. Um, okay, and then they made a lot of predictions for 2021, but it was like very conversational, and I did not do a great job in um, writing it down. One of the things that, that they were predicting was if Trump will leave on uh, January 20th without third-party assistance, um, and Allison says he will leave on his own, and Greg said he'll have to be forcibly removed. And I don't know, thinking about that just bums me out. Um, and they were talking about, you know, like when kids will return to school after coronavirus and things like that. I'll, I'll recap those uh, next year, I guess. Greg was saying in the news that clowns are allowed in the hospital again and that they um, help, cause, uh, help lessen anxiety and um, give better mental well-being. Um, and yeah, I feel so bad for people who are in the hospital right now and... So that's really nice. But um, they were talking about how a lot of people are actually scared of clowns. And so, you know, they like for them, it wouldn't be helpful. Allison remembered that one year for her birthday, her parents surprised her 
like gave her a clown party and the clown was named Jojo, which is the same name as Greg's daughter. Um, she said that the clown had red hair, like red yarn hair and big shoes, um, kind of like Ronald McDonald and Allison hid in the corner and she hated it and she felt betrayed. Um, and <laughs> I didn't like, I didn't love clowns when I was a kid either. And I also felt betrayed, betrayed, but by the clown, not by my parents, because two times I was at birthday parties and clowns were unfair to me. <laughs> the one time we were at a party at a, a restaurant chain called the ground round and we were all lined up to play like a toss kind of game, like where you toss something into a basket. And I was like, oh my God, this looks so easy. I'm totally going to get it. And then like before everyone had gone or at least before I had gone the clown was like okay now a new game and I was like oh my god I didn't get to go and I I felt so betrayed and then there was another party where there was a clown there and this clown had been at another birthday party I had been to so I knew the clown's name was Bubbles and so she did this thing where she was like okay now everybody see if you can guess what my name is and I knew her name was Bubbles because like I had just been at a party with her thought maybe she even remembers me you know so um I think she's <laughs> guess and then I said it's bubbles and she goes nope and I was like oh my god I fucking know her name is bubbles <laughs> I just saw her and uh then you know a couple more kids guessed and then she said her name was balloons um I guess the name guessing game she wanted to take longer and so she faked her name I don't know but I felt then I was just like well now I don't want to hang out with this lady just decided to change her name you know okay and then they were talking about quote playing the Santa card and I've been hearing about this um <laughs> like some people like play it so hard and I feel so bad for kids who um like a specific kid I know his mom like goes so hard on that and is like he'll, he'll do like the most mild thing and she's like I'm gonna call I'm texting Santa and it's like that's so that's so upsetting I I I feel bad for kids like that anyway I don't I don't do that. <laughs> I mean, like, maybe a little bit I used to, but not, definitely not hardcore like some people like to do. So I guess that's it for now, and I hope that everyone is, is doing all right and good, and I like y'all so much. Bye. Thank you so much for that, Lauren. I love that you have some clown stories. Can you believe she has so many imprinted memories of, like, bad clown stories? That was so funny. Uh, that was so fuck funny. Fuck those clowns. Yeah. Especially, well, I guess both. <laughs> I mean, you're just going to stop a game when you're in the middle of it and someone hasn't went yet? That is... And I'm thinking, like, was it like Bozo's Buckets? Because if it was, what? I would have been devastated for life. Do you know Bozo the Clown? Mm. Do I know Bozo? B-O-Z-O. The clown. Yeah, with the... All right. You're I hung really... up on some clown from the 60s, man. No, not from the 60s. It was when I was a child in the 90s. <laughs> and the bucket game looked like the funnest game. And it looked like, oh my God, I got this in the bag. And then some idiot would like miss <laughs> bucket number three. And I'm like, wow, I would blow you out of the water. But yeah, if I was playing the bucket game... And I was a child, and then Bozo was just like, alrighty, time to move on. I would have been heartbroken. Also, if I was an enthusiastic little child that was so excited to know the clown, and then they'd be like, nope, that's not me. What a fucking rejection. I hope you don't have severe abandonment issues. Do you? Lauren, text me. Let's bond. 
I'm sorry. Um, so when so this was a live on YouTube episode. I think they're pretty much all are now. I I think since they started doing it, they haven't missed one on YouTube. Um, so me and Lauren were watching this live, and probably some others. And when I heard that his idiot dad made $400,000 a year for being the voice of Showtime. First of all, I was like, I don't buy this. And I had to send the group chat an, an uh, annoyed text. And I can, I can, I could see making six figures, but 400000 And was this like every year? I don't buy it. So That's we, a lot of fucking money, especially in the 80s and 90s. These are my thoughts. I I notice when the voice is different. Mm-hmm. If you're watching a branded content thing. So is the work he's doing worth $400,000? No. But if the network wants consistency with their brand, I could see them paying that much. I remember I worked at a news station, WFRV Channel 5 in Green Bay. And I remember the guy going into the booth recording and coming out near where I worked. And a little bit of me was like fangirling, like, oh my God, this is the Because like, I've been living in Wisconsin my whole life in the same area. I've been hearing his same voice. I never saw, I never heard a different voice on that channel ever. So I, I, I do think similar to like how probably flow from progressive the, from progressive yeah. is like a probably half a billionaire by now like they that consist that brand consistency if your brand is based on it like yeah you're probably gonna get a lot of money it doesn't matter that the work is very little they just value you know keeping the consistency for the network and showtime was a big network back then i mean showtime is Kind of nothing now. I don't know. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa. Sorry, it's everything. They have the number one show in Late Night, Jesus and Marrow. Um, other I was, shows. I was in it. I've, I've never had their channel since I grew up in my parents' house. If I did, it would be to watch the new L Word. But uh, there's just so many other things to watch. I don't know. There, There's uh, too much TV. So just out of curiosity, I looked up the Verizon guy, and according to Celebrity he's not Net the Worth, guy. he's now the Sprint guy, uh, net worth of 10 million bucks. Yeah. Not bad for a commercial guy, but uh, he was not, he was a face, not just a voice. Anyway, um, childish. Thanks, Lauren, for Thank you, Lauren. trudging through that god-awful show every week with us i i still don't listen i'm too like i just don't i don't trust that greg won't say something that will make me hate him and in turn make me rethink allison's like choosing of friends and co-podcasters based on who he is on the show and i it's too much of a internal conflict i don't want to deal with it so i don't listen but maybe if i listen again Wow, will I have a backlog? So, there's that. Yeah, I don't think you're missing much. Uh, honestly, because I'm watching them on YouTube, I don't l- listen to it when it downloads to my phone. I still let it download so they get their little fucking download, but I don't even pay attention. I'm, like, looking at the chat room and YouTube, and then I'm, like, looking at my phone, and I'm like, oh, yeah, they're talking about something. And I mean, I'm curious about... I, I, I just assume 
what I'm missing out on that she probably saves for childish more is the specifics and details of like Elliot and Owen growing up and that I yeah. wish I heard. I but I she probably does at least fill A R I Y N B F listeners in on hopefully some level. So I, I know I'm getting the broad strokes at least, but yeah, I do wish that I that Allison had a podcast called Childish by herself. I would be a loyal listener. Yes, or literally anyone else's co-host. On that note, we can move on to Thursday. We were her little pineapple trifles sent in by Jose Cortez. Have you ever had a trifle? I feel like I hear about trifles all the time, and I don't think I could pick one out of a bakery lineup. I've been trifled with, but I have not had a trifle. I do know that um, Nas's raps are trifle. Do you know what the difference between the... Tr- is there a difference between trifle and truffle? Very much so. Okay. I don't even know what a trifle is. I thought maybe it was just like a cuter version of a truffle. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, obviously there's the fungal truffle and then there's the dessert truffle which is very different but then a trifle i don't even know what that is is that a cake is it a pie i don't know is it a baked thing of some sort i don't know it's pineapple we i'd probably eat know. it i love pineapple whatever it is i'd eat it and there's no way to find out what there's it is. no way at all for the first time in a long time we had the whole thursday gang and just from the beginning jeff with the drops and he was wearing a fucking suit. Let me tell you, he was a sight for sore eyes and ears and other parts of your Lisa. Did, did you miss his drops like I did? Oh, my God. I have a lot of feelings about this. Do you have a lot of feelings about this? I mean, I'm sure they're probably similar to yours. Tell me. A- apparently, I like Jeff Fox and took advantage. Like, I, I took him for, for granted. granted. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I was like, this is what feels like quintessential Allison Rosen times. Yes. And I kind of felt like at first I was like, does Tony feel threatened? But like, he's just doing him. Like, it's not like he's like, let me show Tony up. He's just like, with the drops. And yes, it made me miss him a lot. Yeah. So I think it was last week I was talking about how. I'm giving Tony the benefit of the doubt because it's difficult to do drops when you're on a Zoom call and there's delays and people are talking. Jeff had no problem. No problem. And I was like, fuck. I'm sorry, Tony, but apparently it's just not your thing. And we, we, we've we been saying this we for knew a long this. time. It's not his thing, but I didn't know just how much better, even over a Zoom, Jeff was going to be and man I don't know what we got to do because don't get me wrong I like Tony so much and if he left now I would I'd be sad about it but goddamn if this wasn't like you know what this is like this is like uh you're you're going back to your old hometown for a high school reunion and you see your old high school crush and uh you want to give him one last uh, roll in the hay and now you wish you didn't because you're like, fuck, what could have been? 
It's just like that, Megan. <laughs> it's exactly like that. Yeah, I felt those exact feelings. He's and, he's just so good at what he does. I know. And I gave him I can't say gave him no credit. And also, okay, so just like him being on the show in the beginning to middle-ish part of the show, I felt like she kind of when he would chime in would like f- focus he would chime in about yes. things, but she would also like just kind of keep focus away from him and just trying to I think focus on what you know Al and Jenna were saying but a part of me was like I want to know what Jeff is up to yes like he he was a little bit neglected I think in the in the beginning but towards the end he he kind of got incorporated more into the show and I'm like wow I I don't think anybody will ever be like Lisa level Jeff Fox (laughs) fan as a person, I think he's... I was more at ease around him at, like, meet-and-greet type things, like at the Pod Fest and Sketch Fest, than, than around anybody else. He just really was, like, at your level. Like, he's behind the scenes. He's like, how you doing, Megan? Blah, blah, blah. I think as a person, I loved him so much. But as a producer and being on that show and on the on-mic side of things, I absolutely took him from granted and it made me miss him so so much and it made me sad that next week he's not going to be there god yeah why would they why why are we teased with this i i love it happens but like just do it every week i'm so mad because now he is done with um larry miller's show right and the fact that he added that very amusing podcast with brandy or not brandy (laughs) What is her name? Whatever her name is. Very, I don't know. Carly Weissel. Is that what it was? It no, doesn't but... matter. Anyway, I'm like, there was a way he could have kept doing Allison's show. It's too late now. Yeah, I know. But what a bummer. Um, anyway, th- he's not the only person who was on the show. Megan. Um, Tony actually got introed this week, which was good for him. Although we had the whole Thursday gang. I was now also bummed that we didn't get Daniel. Poor Daniel mm. has not talked to most of these people in like almost a year. Yeah. Why can she, especially because she knew she was going to have the whole Thursday gang. Why couldn't she just have her fucking parents, her mom, forget her dad, just the COVID. mom come up here for a couple hours. COVID is happening. <sighs> Cannot. She could have worn a, bu- a, a bubble, like a bubble boy. I wish that was more the norm right now, to be honest. <laughs> have you seen the clip of... Two dudes running down the street in bubbles? Nope. Oh. Of a concert that happened somewhere in Europe, I think, where every single person in the audience was in one of those bubbles. And no. the singer was... Uh, what, oh. is it, what is it called when you're... Crowd um, surfing? Crowd surfing in his bubble. <laughs> That would I'm uh, like, we should all just be rolling around in our bubbles right now. Why aren't we? And you are the bubble boy, are you not? I'm the blue bubble boy, well, which is an iPhone thing and oh. a Seinfeld reference. But yes. Yeah, but still. I would definitely be a blue bubble boy if I had a bubble to be in. A blue bubble to be in, for sure. Anyways, uh, yeah, it, it's... 
it's a giant tease when the old Thursday gang is back, but also, especially of all weeks for them to be back on, I was like, oh, the family. Uh, yeah. The family's back together. And it was so nice to hear them. So Jenna did a special in case of 2020, and it'll be released for everyone the first week of March. Um, I don't think you have Sirius XM, but you have, have you heard this already? No? Mm-mm. Yeah, neither have I. I'm, I'm dying to hear it, uh, but not dying enough to pay 10 bucks a month or whatever it is. Also, big news for Jenna and Al, which we already knew, is that they got an RV. And oh boy, Jeff asked about it. And I was just like, why would you go down this road? Oh, I was intrigued. You weren't intrigued. You're not intrigued about RV life? Yes and no. Yes, because I want to know what they're up to and I want to know about their crazy adventures in it. Because I'm like, why would you buy an RV? I don't understand why people would buy an really? RV. Do you not have a passion for travel? Not in a fucking RV. And, and being on the... I mean, that's what you do from, from 9 to 5. why I think <laughs> the part of me that was like, I don't care about You're this. You're like, whatever. You're I'm not like, getting paid yeah, for this. I'm at why work do it? now. Yeah. I don't want to talk about Class A anything. But I was like... No, they don't have a, a CDL because the C in CDL means commercial. commercial. And uh, they are not a gross vehicle weight rating of 26,001 pounds and up. They're not driving a combination vehicle. But I thought I was thinking about this for some reason because <laughs> I'm an idiot. Um, I thought because they're Mormon, they would have gotten CDLs because they just want to be like one level above everyone. Hmm. Like you can drive it with your regular license, but... They're Mormon, so they're going to overdo it and, like, learn how to drive a commercial vehicle. Well, that's the perfection part of things that Jenna said was not accurate yeah, later, in, later in the episode. I have thoughts about that that I won't say. Religion and LGBT people do not, do not mesh well. We don't intertwine very well. So I, I, I can't. I can't. I can't. But I'm obsessed with RV stuff. It's where I imagine my retirement to be. And when we were looking for houses for a while, like I think I told you that during all this, mm-hmm. quickly realizing it was more a fantasy taking hold and nothing we're even close to financially being able to do. But for a while, we're like, okay, well, if we can't buy a house, it's just, really it's just quarantine fantasy. Oh, my girlfriend says she loves me on um, text message. Anyways, the um, the fantasy of just, like, not being where you are grips you and you just go with it in, like, actionable ways that probably aren't real, but they're just roles you're playing to act out not being in quarantine. So we were looking at houses, like, half feeling like maybe we could actually do it half also feeling like we're just doing this to do something while all of this is happening but then when we figured out we can't afford a house i was like well how much is an rv because man if i can just you know jess has always worked remotely it's it seemed like now i can probably make it work remotely where wherever i am at any time in the future if i so requested so I'm like, that's kind of like having a house. We can be where we want, when we want, see new things, be new places, freedom of the road. But they're, 
just as expensive of a house as, as a house, if not more, considering you can't get the kind of loans on a class A RV as you can on a house. Uh, and also, we have nowhere to fucking park it. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I watch, or I used to, it's been a while, uh, I would watch tiny house videos, and part of that is appealing, but I'm not like a super outdoorsy person, so I don't think it would be for me in reality, but I just like the idea of I can be wherever I want, and I don't have to have a lot of shit weighing me down, keeping me in one place. But, yeah, I don't think uh, that life... Oh, so they they did get into a lot of trucking talk. And Alan was saying how he, his dream would be like to be a long-haul trucker. So I had a lot of thoughts about this part, obviously. I would only do, like, a very long drive once a week at my last job. I would go from Denver down to New Mexico which was a five-hour drive in perfect conditions, switch trailers with a guy, and then come back another five hours. And that was, to me, like, as long as I can go away from home. Like, I, there are guys, I actually did have to sleep in a different, you know, place only twice during that job. But it's like, I don't understand these guys who want to live in the back of a semi it is not comfortable it is not safe it is not fun nothing about it appeals to me but there are dudes and ladies and others out there who literally spend their whole life in a fucking semi every day driving back and forth across this great nation and those people to me are fucking nuts i would go crazy and i like driving and you hate people well i do hate people yeah but i do not understand that lifestyle it's not for me yeah i looked into it at one point when i was really young like in my early 20s because i was just looking for anything practical with my non-college degree that i could make a lot of money doing that i could tolerate and I did love road tripping. I can drive for a long time and like keep myself entertained. As a loner, lone wolf personality person, but I feel like that is a commitment to lone wolfism. And like I had a lone wolf personality, but an aspiration to not be that. So I I was like, there's no way just because like, yeah, for the rest of my life, this is just what I'm going to do. So yeah, it takes a specific kind of person to, to do that. And it maybe sounds romantic at first, just like the open fucking road, you know, but, but you actually drive a big rig and Mm -hmm. I, I liked what. Al said that reassured me that like people from higher up actually can see me because obviously from driving 10 days entire days out of the month of December every time I passed a semi I got so nervous like I got to the like 
I'm like, okay, maybe at the tail end their mirror can see me, but like when I'm in the middle of it, I just feel like they're going to turn right. I have this fear that they're going to turn right into me, and I I am a little bit afraid of semis on the road to the point where I like go up to 90 just to get past them as fast as I can so that they don't run into me. I would say you're actually doing the right thing because so I have never driven an RV. So I don't know what they're like. He said they have mirrors everywhere. Um, in a semi, it's I think a little different. Like I can see a lot of what's around me, but there are also a lot of blind spots because I mean a fucking little 1990 Toyota Tercel is going to disappear in a lot of places because especially the fucking shitty trucks that we have at work. It's like the mirrors are not adjustable. Like they're they are where they are. If you want to adjust it, you got to you know crank it yourself too much truck talk speaking of you want to live in a in a rv you're practically there already because uh you have a bidet what they were talking <laughs> they, they were talking about something about bidets and rvs <laughs> megan you wanted to ask me if i used your bidet yes sir so i had the same experience that allison had the first time i went to your place mm-hmm. um, i was gonna t- i yes. saw the bidet there i had to pee and I was like, oh, my God, they have a bidet. And stupid me, I fiddled with the knob and it shot a stream of water straight in my crotch of my <laughs> jeans. And, yeah. of course, I yelled and started laughing. Um, and then I walked out and it looked like I peed myself. Um, but when I w- when you were gone in Wisconsin, uh, I did use your bidet once. And? It was alarming. It was it was more powerful than I thought it would be. You cranked it too hard, too fast. N- no, I went to the first notch, and that was a bit much for me. But that powerful. said, wow, you have a t- you have a, <laughs> ladies and hey, gentlemen, I've Robbie got... has a sensitive anus. Yes, Just the kind of guy he I is. Bet. Yeah, I, I a uh... tender, tender anus, <laughs> nothing, skinned man. Nothing. Come has, and get him. Has breached the gates back there, so I would imagine it would be sensitive. My gates haven't been breached, and I can, I can, <laughs> I don't want to use any more descriptors. I'm just saying, I, I'm not. It's not alarming to me. Alarming. So, but I can see the appeal. Unlike Greg. I wouldn't say I have a pancake butt. So she she said that Greg Fitzsimmons has a pancake butt. Um, and for some reason, that he that's why he gets wet all over. I didn't have that issue. Um, I thought, I think it just feels like you're more wet than you actually are. I didn't know what wet all over meant. Because I still need to wipe certain areas because... I think particular to the ladies, if you have a lot of water building up from just like pulling up your pants and being on your way, I think that's like a recipe for a yeast infection. So yeah, I, you, you still have to wipe. Yeah. I can't commit to no like towel about it though. Oh yeah. That's weird. That's a big, that's a big, like, I can't even see myself getting close to that territory where I'm like, Jess, this is your ass towel. And this is my ass towel, and we're just going to hang it for the public to see. Exactly, because, well, that, okay, why would you not just use a little bit of toilet paper? Yeah. Like, why commit to the towel? Yeah, I mean, if because... if, if, if everybody, I mean, it, this trend did happen when the 
the the first big signifier of the pandemic was no more toilet paper mm-hmm. for some fucked up reason which we've already all forgotten about and it's so weird to think about now you you do use far less toilet paper for sure i can say and i might have to have you edit this out just because i'm one mini box of wine in and i'm going to be in great detail about my bidet experience oh boy i i do not need toilet paper in the back anymore i have qc checked that so often wait you or like with jess we mean with jess you... my own buttocks oh you're checking yourself my own buttocks when i use the bidet okay i was very concerned about well number one okay so in general i don't like waste so when the bidet came into the picture, I'm like, wow, if I can use less toilet paper and that this is the whole point of this to begin with, I want to use less toilet paper. But then I'm like, I'm all wet on all these parts that I don't want my underwear to be wet and just soaking all day. So how do I get best of both worlds where I'm using less toilet paper, but also like not getting yeast infections from sitting in soggy underwear all day? And you know you got to give you got to take care of the front with toilet paper that's just like i think something that needs to happen on a hygiene level but in the back i don't wipe my buttocks anymore wow i have qc checked it randomly as one should randomly often and it is just so consistent i i don't use toilet paper for the back door anymore at all Except for the random QC checks, of course. Wow. Yeah. So Um, it does save toilet paper for sure. Um, It doesn't eliminate toilet paper, but it reduces it in our household. I can't speak for Jess. We should call her and ask. uh, I'm kidding. We're not doing fan phone call this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Um, If you guys have bidet thoughts, uh, yeah, hit us up in the... uh... Do you have any more personal bidet thoughts? Is no. that something that you, were you alarmed so much that you're like out of the bidet world no. completely? I think what it did teach me is that I think if I were to get one, I would go fancier. Um, you have the tushy, whatever it's called. Yep. I think I would be like, yeah, I'm going to spend $300 on the fancy toilet version and get like heated water. And it has like music and the lid jumps up and down or whatever, like. I think I would look into higher end options because I liked it enough. I didn't. Mm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I didn't like it. Like it. I just <laughs> uh, thought it was good. It did its job properly. I gotta say, for people who are insistent on getting the warm water heater one, but they don't have the warm water heater valve, you have a warm water heater valve going to your sink so what jess and i debated because we're pretty much saying fuck our security deposit is like well let's just drill a hole through our sink cupboard and then attach it there if that's something we really wanted so to homeowners i say consider that because i think the message that was sent out there was like well we don't have one by our toilet and my message is Make uh, one. From my expertise, which I am now an expert in all the bidet shopping I did during quarantine, 
well, shit, and always said an expert, and I then I want to say I'm like 89% sure, which would make me maybe not an expert. But I think you can make it work if you're a homeowner or wanting to, you know, give the middle finger to your landlord and just drill a hole in your shit. Um, your sink requires hot water, so you can tap into that if need be and if your butthole so needs. Exactly. So you would need it to be warm? No, I, I just think if I was going to get a bidet, I would just go all the way and be like, fuck it, let's get the good one. Yeah. Not that yours is not good. Just But you would invest all that money one. and then still be alarmed by it? I don't know, like Megan. It was the first time. You only I had didn't a... know what to expect. You only had one episode? Yes. Oh, you got to come over. No, not okay. for that. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of but wipage, they started talking about her child being potty trained. That is Allison's child, of course. And she talked about how they are rewarding him for pooping. And she was talking about how Elliot lied, but then she changed it. She said, you know, they go through a phase where they're lying and she says where they're telling tall tales, which I thought was a very interesting choice to change it from lying to telling tall tales what the fuck is going on there i'm not sure what to say about that but i do want to talk to jen i want dr jen to weigh in here because one she's a good parent but also because i was like or 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 uh, joanna i don't think i even remember her making that pivot to be honest it's all I could hear. I was like, why? It, the kid lied. Yeah. Call it what it is. Like, I think I'm like with Al and Jenna. It's like, lies a lie. Just tell Don't him the do thing. It. Yeah. Yeah. I, in all of the parenting stuff, when it comes to like <laughs> looking at the poop and it being scary and having that thing that you talk about out loud is very weird to me. I'm like, I'm like, you're talking about a human being's bowels. And like their pee pee and their poo poo, and it's it's just it is part of not being a parent that cut that like makes it a little more alarming as a bidet would to your butthole. I was like, wow, we are talking about her child's poop right now, and I laughed out loud uh, when she was saying that like she told him that mommy loves looking at poop (laughs) and i was like wow that's taking it probably a step further than you needed to but i respect the shit out of that that no pun intended that that she just like took it all the way and she's like really i love this i think it's the best she really wanted to sell it i think the the interesting part here is that her kid is lying and she was like you know how would you guys handle it and what i wrote here is Allison is surveying good parents. I think, God forbid, Megan, I ever procreate. You better believe God I'm forbid. gonna be. I'm gonna be texting Jen at all hours of the night. Mm. Lauren, Lisa, anyone I know who has kids who is not in my family, of course, because uh, <laughs> that's a shit show over there. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I like Allison. I'm going to be reaching out to the good parents I know mm. and be like. What the fuck do I do mm. here? Yeah, it didn't occur to me. At first, I was just like, it seemed a little black and white to me. Like, Allison, just tell the kid, like, don't lie. You didn't do that. 
But then she brought like brought it up that like shame is part of that whole situation, and I was like, oh yeah, maybe maybe you do have to like navigate that a little more delicately than I would. I don't know. I I cannot uh, put my myself in the shoes of being a parent, so I don't know. But I thought that Jenna gave the best advice when she was saying that like make it about the 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 moral attitude of telling the truth versus like it being about the the fecal matter in in the situation just like tell them like we don't lie we tell the truth Mm, yeah i i was thinking um on the on the facebook group damien said something like um either allison and daniel are like pushovers or i was like a horrible father and I feel like the same. I think because I have no affection for Allison's kids that I I just, I'm just like, be stricter. Like, this is nothing. Like, my mm. parents were awful. So, and I think that's obviously an issue that I have that I would need to work on before I have kids, Megan. Because otherwise, you're going to be a little psychos like me. I don't know. I don't I don't know what the balance is between being like the more evolved parent but also like being a parent that just is direct and well, I want to say old school but like is it old school? I don't know. It's got to be confusing to be a parent these days, but I think that um I shouldn't be a parent and I'm going to choose not to be because that seems like hard work and I don't want to fuck up a living breathing thing good for us Megan yeah look at us wow we're doing our part to reduce the population they started talking about air fryers Uh, Jeff also mentioned that back in the day he had a deep fryer which feels like a dream I would love to uh, be able to fulfill someday but air fryers Megan you love gimmicky kitchen crap all 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 the things that an air fryer uh encompasses why don't you have one wow i thought we were gonna have a different conversation i really did what conversation is that well for someone who used my bidet i thought you'd notice my air fryer on top of our refrigerator oh wow i didn't know you had one i have we just got one and i haven't used it yet but i'm also appalled because i I think I generally look for more healthier ways to to do things and it is a more healthier way to if could I make my cheese curds in an air fryer? I don't even know. Wait, so I was right then. You do love gimmicky and kitcheny shit. It's not gimmicky. Because you have an air fryer. Oh my god, fine. Sure. I was right. So I think you can make your cheese curds in there. So the guy I lived with in Colorado, he had one. Well, first of all, you can use oil in it if you right. want. I've heard that, yeah. Um, but I think it is perfect for stuff like cheese curds, mozzarella sticks, fucking tater tots, apparently. Um, that yeah. kind of thing is great in the air fryer. But, um, yeah, I'm not going to be getting one anytime soon. I think we got one because Jess's aunt wanted to get rid of it because she never used it. We don't have room for anything appliance wise in our kitchen at all 
And the fact that it came into our house, we knew we were fucked to begin with. So we had to like throw stuff out that was already on top of the refrigerator to make room for the air fryer that we didn't really want to part ways with. But we're we're like, shit, this air fryer could be our future. Who knows? Um, So we got it maybe two weeks before we left for Wisconsin. And obviously we haven't used it yet and we didn't get a chance to use it. But like, Jess loves tater tots. So I think... That 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 sounded appealing, but I know nothing about it, sadly. And you're not air fryer curious. You're not kitchen gimmicky thing curious. Well, instant like pot I, curious? Are you instant pot curious? Definitely not. Yeah, me either. Well, here's the thing. I did when I first heard of the instant pot. They were I was at a bar, and on the TV at the bar, like the bar was dead. But at the the TV was on some infomercial for the Instant Pot, and it was fucking amazing. I was like, damn, I need that thing. Mm. But I know because I don't like to cook and I don't cook, like, I, it would just sit there. Um, but, but the thing with the air fryer, it's like, the things that it does well are like shit that would normally be fried. Mm-hmm. And those are the kind of things I try to avoid when I'm in my home mm-hmm. because I already eat bad enough as it is. I can borrow our air fryer to you. Why would I do that? Cuz I could just instead of Now's the time to experiment fryer, with your life. Like instead just do of it. borrowing your air fryer, I could just go somewhere where they have the thing that I'm going to air fry and pay for it and not have to worry about. You can't about go it. anywhere. Yeah, I can. Wow. Super spreader. I can't believe I'm in his apartment. What am? What are you gonna? What name a thing you're gonna make in the air fryer? You said your cheese curds. I'll just go to wherever they sell the best cheese curds. Well, but the the first thing I wanted to try making in there that was unsuccessful in our dehydrator was uh, sweet potato chips and beet chips. I don't want either of those. I live for them and I want them. In the air air fryer though. Well, yeah, I mean, how, I think if you make sweet potato chips and beet chips, number one, I've tried them in the oven. It didn't work. I've tried them in the dehydrator. It didn't work. So I'm pretty sure you fry them uh, if you're going to make the the chips. Or at least I, I've exhausted my options otherwise. So I'm like, okay, I'll probably have to deep fry this to make it work. So I wanted to air fry it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I've had four failed attempts at making beet chips in the deep fryer. I tried it with the suggestion of putting olive oil on it first, and then I tried it with the suggestion of putting, uh, well, I just, I'm like, okay, olive oil didn't work. I'm going to put nothing on it. And that didn't work. And then I tried, uh, putting like olive oil and apple cider vinegar. Either way, I've been through the rounds wanting and needing my beet and sweet potato chips. It hasn't worked out. I think the air fryer is... Some car alarms going off as uh, a potential solution. You said something I really wanted to ask you about. Something about an infomercial. Instant pot info? Oh, yeah. I think the instant pot was marketed to me incorrectly in, in order for me to want it because... I only heard of it by name, not really knowing what it did. And then when I first heard its practical uses, I was at Victoria's house 
Victoria, who saw Allison at Sketchfest and or not Sketchfest at a Bumber shoot in Seattle with me, and met you there for like the second time, and um and ruined your Airbnb cred for the rest of your life. And she said she made like yogurt in it or like yogurt oatmeal or maybe oatmeal. I don't know. Whatever she made in it, I'm like, wow, I don't need this for that. <laughs> so I got off. I. I got off board just knowing, like, it seemed a little extra for whatever I'd have used it for. Right. And then the other thing is, like, with the air fryer and the Instant Pot, it's like, these are things that basically already existed. It's like a pressure cooker. Mm -hmm. Nobody likes hearing pressure cooker because if you're like me, you think homemade bomb. And so they're like, we need to rebrand this as the Instant Pot. That's so true. The pressure cooker kind of doesn't even exist anymore. It does. In the kitchen where it was like... It's an instant pot. Oh my god, that's a childhood memory. (laughs) Not for me. Um, Does the instant pot not make that noise, though? I've never seen... I'm guessing it does. You think it does? I've never seen it. Well, I thought if it made the noise, it would still just be... What because if... it has the release valve. That's what everyone's afraid of. Hmm. Um, yeah. So maybe it isn't like slowly making that noise or whatever, but it's got a release valve for all the pressure. Hmm. Um, Man, we've been talking for a long Do time. Do people go off like this on tangents? On u- podcasts? Usually? Yeah. On podcasts, yes. On this time. show, usually? <laughs> I feel like I've been talking a lot about just nothing that's really important. <laughs> I'll cut it down, believe me. Yeah. Um. I feel like we might as well get to the JMOs. Oh, wait. Greg showed up. At some point, Greg appears. And, you know, he didn't really... It was weird because it was like he was catching up with everyone as opposed to like, hey, I'm on the show. It was just like, he's like, hey, how is this going? How's that thing? And then they asked him about how it's like being a father, which... Is something we should be able to hear more about, but he wants to be a flaky fucking surfer dude and not be on the show, even though he's unemployed or finding work elsewhere. Thoughts on Greg? Thoughts on Greg. I like that he just wanted to catch up. Yeah. Because they're real friends. Yeah. And he just wants to know how the RV is and how the daughters are and how Atlanta is. Because he doesn't know. Yes. Yeah. Again, it was just the familiarity thing that made it feel like, you know, mom and daddy were divorced, but then they got back together for the holidays, and it's just happy for a brief little moment where we all can be together again. Well... I mean, I guess we can talk about the JMOs. Um, I don't know if you picked one or if we can just like rapid fire go through them. I remembered one from Ralph Garman, I think. Yes. Was the, and I hope I, I hope this is from his episode, the one where they said that uh, I forget how she phrased it, but something about how, like, if you got close to, like, an accident or some sort of near-death thing that you actually sometimes think you're just continuing on in, in a, like, 
some sort of different dimension situation or an afterlife situation, but you don't know it. Yes. Lucas Passmore said something about, um, whoops, nope, wrong one. Eric said that it was a morbid JMO. When he's driving, he thinks that maybe he died in a car accident and uh, he's like in some kind of a fucking parallel universe of some sort or something and he's just living life but he's actually dead mm-hmm. you think that you do I've, that? I've thought that exactly have you ever no mm. um no that's just weird that's like the matrix or something that's weird um i got so when i got into my moped accident i got tripped up a little in that i didn't have a near-death experience which by the way precisely to that point if you are a fan of pondering the afterlife surviving death on netflix i just started watching last night and i like it a lot i only got through an episode and a half but it's all about just like people who talk about you know flatlining for however long and what they experienced and what they saw on the patterns between those people that saw those things and talking to the doctors who were in the room with this patient who was completely flatlined but also they could describe like what was going on in the room because they were like floating around it and shit. Um, but when I got into my accident, obviously nothing happened where I flatlined or anything. But my jaw is pretty close to my throat, right? Like we're talking about maybe an inch away from the chain hitting my throat instead of my jaw. And I never thought about it as, like, something being near mortality um, until the, like, plastic surgeon brought it up. Who was like, wow, you know, like, one inch lower and bad news. You're pretty lucky. And I was like, whoa. And then after that, I was like, am I dead? Like, could I be just, like, walking around and this is post sur- post survival because in the instant where it happens it's not like i can track things very easily like in that moment things get lost for a second while the like trauma is actually happening so i'm like well maybe in that moment and things changed dramatically after that for me in a lot of ways so i'm like man i could be in a different existence altogether Shortly after I had a psychotic episode. So, like, maybe I was just, like, drifting into that area. But uh, also I thought that. I'm like, whoa, I could be moving on and not even knowing it. Does that mean I'm dead? Or am I, like, the Sixth Sense kid? No one can know. I mean, you seem like the same Rafi as in the previous life. If we did, like, part ways and meet in another dimension... Um, life is a mystery, man. It could very well be that. Just as much as it could be, like, going down a tunnel and being greeted by, you know, my great-great-great ancestors. It's not a crazier or less crazy thought. Mm, I don't think we're dead. (laughs) You feel dead inside, though. So... Oh, I've been dead inside. Well, then um, maybe you 
Maybe you got in a semi-accident a couple years ago. Who knows? I mean, it's a possibility, but... Uh, <laughs> Can't check those mirrors that. enough. Don't have that technology yet to see those blind spots. Um, the JMO that I wanted to talk about was actually also from the Monday episode, and it was sent in by our pal Demian. And Demian, don't think I forgot about the hotline. I'm going to check that after. Check just, it now. Just switching it up on you guys. No, check it now. Should I check it now? Yeah. All right. If you want to call in to the BFF hotline or even leave us a text message, you can hit us up at 818-BFF-0732. And yes, we did miss a um, voicemail last but... week because Demian sent it in just a little too late. Mm-hmm. Um, so here we are with Demian's message. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Rafi. Hi, everyone out there in the BFF world. Um, I don't know if I got this in before you recorded, so maybe next week. But it's uh, January 2nd, so I just want to say Happy New Year to everyone. And you guys have been uh, cracking me up, mostly because... Lately, you've been acting like the two uh, old guy Muppets on the Muppet Show, criticizing everything. Lighten up. It's just a show. Try to have fun. Be positive. Anyway, hope to talk to you guys soon. Talk to you later. Wow, Demian. <laughs> Thanks for calling in. Um, of course, the old guy Muppets are, uh, was it Waldorf and Statler? I don't remember. I never watched the show, but I know the names, I think, from pop culture but that that's a great segue to lead us into the jmo that i picked from demian he said that he has songs in his favorites playlists and he has no idea what the song is about i am all about lyrics in a song and megan i have a particular story that has to do with you about lyrics because i don't know why we were talking about to bring up Stevie Wonder again about Isn't She Lovely? And you told me, oh, me and my ex-girlfriend, that was our song. Yes. And I said, It's about this. It's yeah. about his daughter. Yeah. There is a baby being, there's a baby crying at the beginning, like it was just born. The end of the song is like a two and a half minute skit of him washing his baby, playing in the bathtub. <laughs> The baby is cooing throughout the whole episode. <laughs> the lyrics are like, you know, um, God made you, like, but me and you and God made this baby or whatever the fuck the lyrics are. And you're just like, and you told me, yeah, I don't pay attention to lyrics that much or something like that. And I was just like, what the, what? Huh? How could, how could someone not pay attention to the lyrics? Because to me, it's like the thing I focus on. And I'm guessing maybe you're more like Allison where she said, like, the melody or the tune is what she's into more than the words. I was ashamed of having this conversation with you because I knew you were somebody who could hear a song and know what it was about. And I totally forgot about that conversation. Um, and it, to, cl to, clear the, to clear, like, the, the rumors. The rumors? We, it was not our song. We just like slow dance to the song on her shift at the third, at the, uh, the third, uh, third she shift? worked third shift at a BP gas station as the manager. Oh, British Petroleum. 
in Madison, Wisconsin. And turns out things are slow on third ship. So we would like dance and do romantic things in the BP gas station. But... I knew that you were someone who had a wrap around things like this and I am not. And I'm envious of people like you because I, I feel like I know that it is because I have some sort of, I, I'm not a narcissist by any means, but I think it's, it. Huh? <laughs> what? When I listen to a song, I am, what I get from it is what I feel like it pertains to me sometimes. Mm-hmm. So like, if the relationship, if the, if the relationship, if the song is in refrain, isn't she lovely? I'm just like, yeah, isn't she lovely? And I'm caught up in that and I just feel like what it's giving me is what I want and need about the song versus being in it more for like the art of what the artist is giving to you, which is like where they're at and what their experience is, which I think is a more selfless way of experiencing art. But when I listen to music, sometimes I'm just like projecting onto the song how it pertains to my life in the moment. And maybe that just reflects what I need from music versus what other people need from music. But I feel comfort in music. And I think I mostly feel comfort in it when I feel like it's pertaining to what's happening in my life and what's going on in which I need the comfort for versus you who loves music for the music. So yeah, I am an inferior be- inferior being when it comes to is... uh, to lyrics and experiencing an artist's words and that the is music. Definitely form. not what I'm implying. Um... I know it's not what you're implying, but I I reflected on this for this conversation when I heard that JMO. So I mentioned on here about how there are songs that I've heard a million times, and then you know I'll listen to it for the millionth and one time and i'm like oh that's what he's saying or whatever so like as much as i'm into lyrics like the the way i know i really like a song or an album or whatever is because i will look up the lyrics like with Haim, their first album yes, i was like i looked up their lyrics too i was listening to it fucking non-stop for like a month and i was like i should probably look into these lyrics that i don't know um that's so like that's how i know i actually give a shit about this because if i just like played in the background and i'm like oh i know the chorus or whatever Mm. then i'm like yeah i like it but it's not like this is kicking me in the balls like i need this inside of me (laughs) Uh, (laughs) neither of those things made sense if you're editing if you're editing the show rafi open up the show with that little clip thank you um i need this inside of me I need this in a bidet form and I need it to really just Please shoot all up in there. Keep, dig- keep digging the hole. Skyrocket into my anus. <laughs> um, I think that the Heim... Oh, I have so many feelings about this and it's going way off topic. That's all the show is. I know. I know. I think maybe Heim... And the Book of Mormon soundtrack were the last two albums that I sat 
and looked at the lyrics to figure them out. And to add on to my point earlier, it was during my last serious breakup. So I'm mm. like, give me all of the music. I need it for my coping. But I think that with... It, there's just some circumstances where music... Like, I, I can catch on to Taylor Swift's lyrics <laughs> after listening to it for, like, the ninth or 10th or 11th mm-hmm. time. But some lyrics are harder to, like, make out. Oh, yeah. And I think I've gotten much worse with age. Because I remember when I was, like, in middle school, I forget what song it was. But I was, like, probably watching MTV before school at, like, 6 in the morning. And some song came on. And, like, by the third listen, I was like, I know all the words. Without looking at them? Just without just, yeah, just hearing it? hearing it. Whoa, yeah. But now, I'm just like... Uh, worthless in the brain department so i gotta hear a song a fairly decent amount before i yeah. know all the words or something well this is what makes me sad at, for my experience being an adult is that i lived for music in junior high and mm-hmm. high school it was my full-time job to like download shit on napster and look at the words i could probably sing most of like three of Eminem's song like off the top of my head right now if I if I wanted to and it was just because I sat there and listened to it and looked at the words and sang along with it and when I fucked it up I rewound it (laughs) and I would look at the words and go along with the song until I didn't make a mistake anymore and that took, like, hours. And I'm like, yo, I don't have that fucking, like, I have a thousand other things to do in my adult life before I'm going to sit down and memorize a song that that needs more than a few listens to learn the lyrics to. Like, I can never memorize a rap song's lyrics anymore, ever. Yeah, same. And, well, I thought what you, what you were going to say is that it makes you sad that you don't look for new music anymore. Because I know I will do, I will get into a rut with music. And when it gets to the, because I don't listen to, like, Spotify or Pandora, like how some people do. What I do is I just add a bunch of shit to my phone. And then I tell Siri to shuffle my music. And then... As a song comes up that I don't like, I'll skip it. And then once I get to a point where I'm like, I want to skip all of these because I've heard them too much, then I will go through and start deleting shit and adding more shit. And But it makes me sad because I'm like, how many albums have I missed because I'm listening to the same old shit? How do you expose yourself to new music then? Every Friday, I go to the new albums on Apple Music and I look through the artists that I like. Well, there you go. And Adam, and I'll listen to it once or twice, keep some songs, usually toss the whole thing because it sucks. But you're exposing yourself to new music once a week. More or less, yeah. I mean, that's... Call to the audience, how fucking often do you purposefully look for new music? But I feel like Greg Heller... I feel like oh, yeah. every day he's I know. listening to new music. I know, yeah. So it's it's I was actually thinking about this today. Um he and I and I talked about this with Whitney once, whenever because like he put out a list of like his favorite albums or something, 
for like a year, like two years ago or something. And whenever there was something on that list that I liked as well, I'm like, yes. So I was thinking about what my best album of 2020 was. And aside from Haim, I think it would be Alfredo, this um, rap album by Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist. And I think, I don't know if it was Greg's best, but I know he posted about it. And, and mm. when he posted about it, I was like, yes, mm. me and Greg fucking would definitely be musical buddies, mm. uh, I think. Yeah, he <laughs> has eclectic taste. Yeah. I mean, I think the one person that I ended up glomming on to that he suggested was Julian Baker. He raved about her for a while on her podcast when he was a regular. And I looked her up as out of curiosity and I didn't like her at, at first. But then, honestly, I think like I figured out or it just like came across and it came into to my attention that she was a lesbian and I was like, hey, oh, let me take another listen. And her stuff is just very emotional. Like Greg must go, want to go on emotional, heavy journeys when he listens to music. And I don't want that. Mm. Like, I don't want I'm I'm perfectly happy avoiding scenarios where i'm brought back into a hole that i can't get out of emotionally so i'm like picky and choosy about music that will bring me there um but yeah he's like it may it, i don't know it makes you so cool if you know new music and if you have good taste in music and i i'm not that person anymore i used to be yes I'm not no. anymore I, th I, th I do think you can definitely be snobby about it where it's like you haven't heard the new Phalanges album? Are you fucking... Dude, you're missing out. You fucking out. kidding me? Yeah. Jazz Fingers? It's called Jazz Fingers? It's, it's called... <laughs> exactly. Well, man. Um, I feel like we've been talking we've for been talking a long far time. too long. And what better place to end it than Jazz Fingers? <laughs> oh, that's what I'll call the episode. Great. Um, if you want to be on the show, you can email bffancast at gmail.com. You can leave us a message or a text message to uh, 213. It's 818-BFF0732. Uh, uh, you can follow Lisa at BFF Lisa Lowry. Megan, plug whatever it is you want to plug. I don't know how many new listeners you get. Zero. So therefore I plug nothing. You know me. And you loved Chloe, and that's what matters this week for me. Thank you for loving the Clobot and for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. On that note, we'll be back next week, hopefully, with Lisa for another episode. Yeah, don't lose the beat, motherfucker. Take the garbage out. Had to put the flow, look at God, look at me, but Yeah Yeah, yeah Been to put the flow, look at God, look at me, but Yeah Check, check Yeah My friends, check, check Yeah Check, check Yeah, yeah. Bitch, check, check Yeah, yeah Caught a thing to a whole thing, whole game work 
hit a bitch with that extended clip with that revolver shit it's sort the same purpose Eagles beaming up the scotty in my crack lobby i can smell the cane burning michael jordan 1985 bitch i travel with a cocaine circus put them effinations on your clown ass catch a nigga up and leave him down bad i go get a pack and take a nigga town and fuck his bitches with my out of town ass bomb on niggas like nagasaki rocket next to my pocket i like a body drop the check on the bit many niggas be looking like baby mamas in these maseratis bitch i fuck up your face with a razor i make sure your motherfucking family can't do your body niggas thugging this shit put my blood in this shit prick my finger alfredo illuminati Joe Pesci push your product, you niggas is sweeter than Joe Exotic Gonna run like a soda, so fuck the police is a nigga be chillin' in the Habana Police caught him with a whole thing, now they stitchin' man, whole game workin' Gangland made a lane in it, did my name in it, it's a game murder All my raps in the crack files, bitch, I got him up at the ball I'm the reason your mama be smokin' that villa when rippin' them contenders off Yeah, geek is beamin' up the Scotty in my crack lobby, I can smell the cane burning. Gangland, if you put a hit on Freddie Kane, it'll be a game murder 1985, Michael Jordan, bitch, I travel with a cocaine circus. Flow God level like a nose speak. I make a song, we forget the game, hey. Bitch. Yeah, yeah. Flow God level like a nose speak. I make a song, we forget the game, hey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Check, check. Check, check. Check, check. Check, check. Nigga, need to check, check. We got everybody in the house.